0: Wednesday night, January eighteenth, we're in the book of Deuteronomy, and uh, we have somebody here that's going through the book Pilgrim's Progress, and I'm trying to get through it as well, so that we can talk about uh, Mr. Worldly Wiseman and the uh, the the what is it the salute is it the slow how do you say that the s L-O-U-G-H, sloth, of despond, 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 so they get down into that. Uh, it was him and another fella. I don't, I'd have to, I don't know how many times I would have to read it to remember all of those names, because it's just name after name after name of all these people that have names like hopeful, and faithful, and of course the main character is Christian. And then you have all the ones that, uh, yeah, the ones that are, are uh, I'm trying to think of some other names. Talkative. What's that? Talkative. Talkative. He's a good one. Yeah. yeah, that's the one who knows it all. He knows all the things about the Bible, but doesn't live it at all. Doesn't live it. And he can lead you astray, and uh, not real. And we have we have people like that. Um, we have a very you know we we've had very very prominent figures in leadership in Christianity that have all, they at the end of their lives you look back all they were were talkative, that character. They knew, they could tell you anything about the Bible, but they were total frauds. And really, we should be calling them out. We should be letting people know that there are some really bad people within Christendom that are exactly what the Bible warns us about. They, they are wolves in sheep's clothing, and some of them are really, really good at it. Now, uh, uh, let's, uh, let's start reading out of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, and then we're going to touch, maybe touch a little bit more on that. Um, because the book Pilgrim's Progress, it's, it's a Christian classic written over 300 years ago. John Bunyan was in, locked up in prison over in England, and he just trying to describe the, the way of a Christian, how it starts, and he, he's leaving the city of destruction, and he's trying to go to the celestial city. He wants to go to heaven. He's trying to get there, and of course he runs into evangelist. And evangelist gets him in the, on the right track, and he's got to go way over there to this very narrow gate called Wicked Gate, and on his way there, there are other people that come into his life that try to get him off course, because wide is the way that leads to destruction. And you see all of this. So there's a process that uh, a person would would have to hear the word. So evangelist gives them the word, but then you have to have the Holy Spirit convicting you of that word, and then you you play a part in it as well. So we have all these different denominations that have their take on it, and some of them are so extreme to where you have no part whatsoever. Then there's others that make your part way too significant, right? you got those denominations that it's all on you, and they tend to forget that the Word of God is really important and the Holy Spirit has, got, has, has His part, It all works together and we don't know with any one person how it all happened we and we have to realize what our gifts are and operate in those gifts and do our part and to not be overwhelmed with trying to get it all figured out do just do your part like the walls being built you know if you you uh, think about the nation of Israel going back and trying to build all the wall and one person is running around trying to get it all done you lose your mind so every person has to take care of their part and then it all works out so getting to know who you are and trusting others to do their part and all working together Okay. Uh, the The title of today's tonight's message, out of Deuteronomy chapter seven, is not isolated, but separated. And that's uh, Deuteronomy chapter seven. And it's a fairly long chapter, so uh, let's get to reading. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it. Now, I read this last week. I, read, I can't remember how far I read over, but I guess I'll read it again. And hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. Seven of them. Hmm. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Well, if you do utterly destroy them, then you don't have to worry about making a covenant with them or showing mercy to them. And it's like God knows they're not going to utterly destroy everybody and they're going to have to make no covenant with them. Uh, Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. And again, if you totally eliminate them, you don't have to worry about your sons marrying their daughters and their daughter, daughters being given to your sons for, for uh, wives. Uh, so he's telling them not to do any of that. For for they will turn away thy son from following me that they may serve other gods, little g gods, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. All right. Now, getting back to... Joseph and I have been talking a lot about Bible stuff, and he's on YouTube watching all these different people because he's hungry for understanding of the Word of God. And... So there's all kinds of people on YouTube that shouldn't be there. Way more that shouldn't be there than should be there. And then you'll take somebody who their whole YouTube thing is to call out everybody else that they're all wrong. And that's just their thing. And their whole show is about that guy's wrong and they make a funny video about it. And then they did that guy's wrong. And they put up pictures and put 666 on his forehead. And there's a lot of really good people that they're just trying to drag down. And I know that every minister has got faults. They, you, you get all of them in a room together, they all come together here, there's gonna be a big fight. That's just what's gonna happen. And there's some that you like better than others. There are some that you may be able to pick out something that's wrong, and the way they're teaching, maybe they just were taught wrong, and that's just part of their beliefs. But it might not be anything terrible that would cause them to not be saved, but there are those who are really bad. And sooner or later, they're, they're, they are found out. Okay now there's a big thing on it's all grace it's all about grace it's all about what jesus did and you can do absolutely nothing now for your salvation that is true for your salvation but after salvation you should be a different person right So those people who are really into no works, no no law, and you can't judge me, what they want is they want salvation so they won't go to hell, but they want to live a sinful life while they're here and be able to do that and use the Bible as their excuse to be able to do it and say, you can't judge me, and it's all about grace, and... I am not bound to the law. Okay? That's true. You're not bound to the law. But, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Absolutely not. If your faith or religion, whatever you want to call it, if it doesn't change you, you need to find one that does. And the one that changes you is the religion that we find, the faith that we find in the Bible, this Bible that I'm preaching out of. So, you will see something different about you when you are truly born again. When you finally get through that little gate and you go through and that burden falls off, you couldn't do anything to get it off of your shoulders, but it just falls off, and now you're free. Okay, you were being uh, sought after by the devil and his demons trying to keep you from that narrow gate. Even when you get through that narrow gate and you are born again, it's not like, oh, everything's going to be awesome now, so easy. No, now you're a big threat. And you've got a heart to lead other people to that little narrow gate and all the fiery darts of the devil are going to start to be turned on you and you need the full armor of God the whole armor and prayers prayers we got to watch and pray and prayers are so important for us to be able to get through and some of us I don't know if you I don't think you've gotten to the part where faithful they uh, Christian faithful go into the city vanity fair And they are falsely accused and they are taken prisoner and faithful goes to court and they have false witnesses against him and he's sentenced to be hanged to death well they don't hang him that would have been too nice and too quick of a way to get rid of him so he is taken away and he is tortured and he ended, ends up being burned at the stake. Okay? That's faithful. And it was predicted before they ever got to Vanity Fair that one of them was going to have to stand up for their faith and be persecuted for it. Why does the Bible tell us do not make a covenant with worldly people if we can't? You know we, we if, if we uh, are not held by the law we're not we're not living by the law why does the Bible constantly warn us don't marry an unbeliever don't worship these false gods don't do this don't do that and some people I, I get uh, picked on because I say no don't, oh, don't do that it's dangerous you know my kids pick on me you know, you know how your kids will mock you you know just you know play the part of of you and, and, and they like to say things that you say and it's funny and um you know my daughter my youngest daughter is really good at it really good at it and if you could see her at home talking about the things her mom says it's funnier when she's talking about her mom than me of course but she does me pretty good too and it's like oh, it's dangerous, don't do that, it's dangerous, you know. She, you know, she's talking about me. Well, that's the negative side of saying, be safe, you know, just be safe. But I'm thinking of the bad things that can happen, and I say, oh, it's dangerous, you could die, don't get dead. But it'd be better, just, hey, stay alive today, stay alive. We, we got, you could say you're being negative but the Bible's got a whole lot of negative in it. Some, some psalms start out very negative and end really good. Other psalms start out, start out very positive and end really bad. And we can, we can say, you need to repent, or we can say, you need to believe. It's just different ways of saying the same thing. You know, we, we usually say, turn the light on. We don't say, turn the darkness off. But, we could. Hey, turn the darkness off. and That means turn the light on. There's all kinds of things that you can think of where you can say it a different way, whether positive or negative. I just want you to understand that the Word of God is telling you, don't do this. Most of the Ten Commandments is, thou shalt not, over and over and over again. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. So... If we don't need the direction, why is it in our Bibles? We need the direction that the Bible gives us. Five, but thus shall ye deal with them, ye shall destroy their their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. We're instructed to take out those things, not just to walk along and say, well, they can't do anything to me. They can't hurt me. I'm, I'm saved now. I'm not under the law to have to go do these things. Well, when, when you hear Psalm 1, it talks about loving the law of God, You know, just really being after the law of God. Okay, what does that mean? Now we, today, in the dispensation of grace, law has become a bad word, but it just means, it's just another, another word that you can use for God's ways, His testimonies, His precepts, His word. So, it, 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 you could put word there for law in Psalm 1, and it would still be accurate. So the law... It's just another way of saying God's Word. 6. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Now, that was to the nation of Israel. They were a chosen people. We are a chosen people because of what Jesus did. He made a way for all of us. So now we are chosen people. The Lord did not set His love upon you, nor chose you because ye were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. That nation of Israel, that Hebrew nation, that was a fact about them. There were plenty of other Gentile nations that were bigger. But because the Lord loved you, And because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You know, he's going to keep, Moses is going to keep reminding them that look at what God did for you. He brought you out of bondage. He brought you out of Egypt we need to understand that we were in bondage, we were were in bondage to the world, and God, through Jesus Christ, brought us out of that, and we need to be reminded of that over and over. Now, there's different ways that you follow God's Word, or pay attention to it, and want to do it. What you could... Follow it because you don't want the punishment that comes along with not following it. That's one reason, right? You can you, you say, all right, I'm going to follow the Word of God because if I don't, bad things will happen to me. And you're just doing it to try to make life easier. Is that the best way to do it? Is that the, is that the best reason? Um, you, could, you could follow it just out of guilt. When you do bad things, you feel guilty. If you have children and you have a set of rules, there's punishment when they don't do things right. But wouldn't, you, wouldn't it just thrill your heart that they did what was right because they just loved you? Then that was why they did it. And that's why we should follow the Word of God, because we love God. We love Him. So we will keep His laws just because we love Him. Not because we have to, but because we love Him. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. That basically means forever and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them, he will not be slack to him that hateth him, he will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore, this is verse 12, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep, thee, keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine and thine oil, the increase of thy kind or cows and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee and thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eye shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, their little g-gods, for that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thine heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and, and unto all Egypt. So he keeps bringing up Egypt and being delivered. The great temptations which thine eye saw, and the signs and the wonders, and the mighty hand and the stretched out arm. You know, there's a, there is a Hebrew symbol, letter, that looks like an arm reaching down out of heaven. And I'm pretty sure it's the, the, one of the letters that's in you know, our, the name for God in, in Hebrew. And it's that, it's that, it's, it looks like an arm reaching down out of heaven to save his people. An outstretched arm whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out, so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send the hornet among them until they that are left and hide themselves from thee be destroyed. Now, what does that mean? He's going to send the hornet in there. Now, a hornet will strike fear in the toughest person. I'm not real tough, but I had a. Uh, Joseph was there, he saw it. It was a. Uh, A hornet that is not normally around this area and we were up at our other other house and I was doing some work there and Joseph was up on top of the little hill not far from me I had a barrel and I was cutting back uh, some bushes to get to this access door and it was where the hot, hot water heater used to be I don't know if it was there then I think that's why I was getting in there But anyway I take the screws out of this little access door and I pull it back, and there's a hornet's nest right there, right in front of my face. And there's always that one hornet that hangs out right there at the opening of the nest. And his job, and he's good at it. He's really good at his job. And, he, when I, and I, know, I knew what they were going to do. And the hornets love to go right for your eyes, right for your face. So when I saw him take off, I threw my hand up. I had a cordless drill in one hand. There, that barrel was right behind me, and I threw my hand up, and he hit me right, or I put my hand up, he hit me right in the wrist and stung me, and I had already started turning. I fell over the barrel, so all those hornets that were about ready to get me flew right over top of me, and then I jumped up, and I fell over the little wooden steps, and then I'm screaming and, and, and swatting, and Joseph up there thinking, my dad's gone crazy. <laughs> And i'm running up and and i'm trying i'm swatting and, he, and he's going over here they're over there they're, you know they're pointing at where they are on me and I, I mean i was on my own he wasn't gonna help kill them but he was gracious enough to tell me where they were at and i was just and I, I only got stung one time which was amazing but it was like a black-faced hornet it was a different it wasn't you know you got the white-faced hornet this was one so i i called the guy that comes and harvested harvests. I think he gets Yellow Jacket's Nest and he gets Hornet's Nest to, to sell it for the anti-venom. And he was out of Virginia Beach. I didn't realize that, but I called him, and he drove all the way up here. And I'm thinking, if it's some type of paper wasp, because I couldn't figure out what kind of bee it was, and it's not something he can use, and he drives all the way over here for nothing, I'm going to feel really bad. And he calls me up at like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm going, yeah, and talking to him because we're over here. And, I'm t- and he's at the other house. And he said, yeah, I'm, o- I'm at the end of this little concrete pad. And I said, yeah, well, turn to the left. And then there's see those wooden steps. He's like, yeah, I see them. I said, you walk down that. And he's shining his light. And I, and, and I said, well, you should see them. And he went, oh, there they are. He said, oh, this will be easy. I'll just bag these guys. Thank you so much for not spraying them and killing them. And then he said, I'm waiting to hear back from him. The next day I called him back I said what were they and he told me what they were he said oh this is awesome he said they don't know, they're not normally in this area they're usually north and west of here and he was going he was so excited about it I'm like do I get some kind of reward money or something <laughs> no so a Hornet will scare you to death I mean you will run like crazy so whether this <laughs> I don't think this is a real hornet that God's talking about, but he's going to send something in there that's going to scare your enemies as bad as a hornet will scare somebody. And they will, the little tiny bee, you're going to run from that little bee? Oh yeah, it only takes one. He'll run. And if you know there's a hundred following him, you're going to run even faster. So uh, I, I like the Bible and the way it's written, and it makes you think when you get to something like this. And you can go to commentaries and try to figure out what this hornet is, and they'll, you know, they don't know. Nobody really knows. 21. Thou shalt not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among you a mighty God and terrible. Now that word terrible, it's not the way we use the word terrible today. It means that he is way worse than a hornet for sure as far as what he can do. You need to fear him with a very uh, reverential fear. You, you need to fear him in the sense that he can do anything. He can punish you with the best punishments, and we need to have that all about God. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little. Thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beast of the field increase upon thee. So something to do with if you wiped everybody out at one time, then the beast uh, are going to overtake the land. And I guess that's what that means there. Uh, But the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed. And he shall deliver their kings into thine hand and thou shalt destroy their name from under heaven. There shall no man be able to stand before thee until you have destroyed them. The graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein, for it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Now, there was nothing inherently wrong with the gold and the silver that was used to put over these graven image. But because it had been used for that, he's saying, don't touch it, don't take it. Because there's something about it that could cause you to fall into that trap. So it's something to think about. Uh, taking something that was used for evil, maybe you should let that go. Just let it go, even though it might have value to it. You, 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 all, you see on these cop shows, and you know, they, the, the cop's, take down the drug lord, and then all this money's there, and they're like, man, we can take that money. And the other guy's like, no, it's drug money. Yeah, and it's just something, maybe something like that. Just, it, it was used for something really bad, and I don't want anything to do with it. because Whatever I spend it on, I'm going to be thinking about the people who were taken advantage of and died and all this. And so this, is, this is just blood money. I don't, I don't want it. <clears throat> Neither shalt thou... Bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed be a cursed like thing like it, but thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. Now that's why when I walk into somebody's house and they got these little Buddhas sitting around. There's all some things they might have sitting around I don't even know about and I don't know there's some type of false god, but there's you can walk into a place and see those things and and tell that the demons are comfortable there, they're they're welcome there. So I, I I think by what this says right here, no one should you go over take a trip over to some country and you bring back these little things from the gift shop. And it, But you, you didn't realize that it was, I think there was a Brady Bunch episode about that. They brought something back from somewhere and it, it was uh, bad things kept happening and they finally figured out it was this little Hindu thing or something and they finally got rid of it. that just popped into my head. Brady Bunch, what is that? <laughs> the young people to that are like, what? <laughs> Yeah, there's actually a lot of young people that know all about it because they 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 uh, watch a lot of those old shows. Okay, uh, now let's just think about be not. We can't isolate ourselves from the world and sin and all that. We can't. We can't. Now we could actually. We could. We could isolate ourselves, but would we be any earthly good? with the heavenly things we know, if we isolated ourselves, Did Jesus isolate himself from sinners? Not at all. He was known for hanging out with publicans and sinners and eating and drinking with them. But he never ever said it's okay for them to do the the things they did that were wrong. And he didn't do anything wrong. So we are... To be separate from sinners. Not isolated from them, but separate. We should be different. Different should attract others. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians are not different, they're just odd. And they repel. So we don't want to be weird and odd and self righteous to where we, we repel people. But we want to be different. Opposites attract. And if we're different than the world, then worldly people might criticize us, but they're attracted. They want what we have, because their life is miserable. So we are to be different. It'd be a shame for somebody to come in and we were just like the world and we're singing secular songs and we just we just didn't honor this place by dressing nice and um, all kinds of things that we could do that's worldly that would attract worldly people but when the worldly people came in and didn't see difference then they're like this is what i got out here i don't need that we do need to be different so with that with that in your mind uh in Jesus, talking about Jesus in Hebrews 7 26 says, For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. That was Jesus. He hung out with sinners, but he was not part of them. He never got contaminated by sinners. And we, we minister to sinners. Next Tuesday, I'll be going back to the jail. And I've been criticized back to the jail to do Bible study, just to make that clear. And it's been a long time. COVID messed it all up, and it's been way too long. But Cameron and I are going back in there this coming Tuesday. And we're going to go in and be with people that have done things so bad that they got locked up for. Now, I could isolate myself from them, but I'm going to go in there, but I'm going to be separate from them as far as whatever worldly things they did to get locked up. I'm not going to hide from them and not minister to them, but I'm not going to let anything that they do corrupt me. I'm not going to get contaminated by going into that place. It hadn't been a really long time since I read this, but this is uh, 2 Corinthians Chapter 6, starting with uh, verse 11, and I'm going to go down through uh, chapter 7, verse 1. It's not that many verses, but I read this not that long ago, but this is the pla- one of the places in the New Testament talks about us. Now, he's talking to the Corinthians here because this is Second Corinthians. It says, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. Now, for a recompense in the same, and then in parentheses it says, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are, for ye, each and every one of you, me too, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Does that sound familiar? Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises dearly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God Now if we to be cleansed we are told to be cleansed from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Why is it telling us to do that if we don't need to be reminded that this is what God expects? And then when we go to try to change ourselves, because it says right here that you need to cleanse yourselves of filthiness, and somebody says, well, you're adding works to salvation. No. I got saved way back there And now I've realized that the more I read the Word, the more enlightened I am, and the more convicted I am, that there's still some things in my life that aren't quite right, and I need to cleanse myself because the Word says it right here. I'm not trying to get saved all over again. I've already been saved, but now I'm instructed to be different than the world, and I'm seeing things in my life that need to be different, and I'm doing that because the Word of God says so. The more I read the Word, the more I know. Because now there there are times when, when you see water in the Word of God. Water. Sometimes you're told to clean something with the water. That's the Word of God. Then there's times where you are instructed to drink the water. That's the Spirit of God. Jesus told the woman at the well, he didn't say pull that water up and wash yourself with it he said drink it and you'll never thirst again the water that I can give you you know he's the water she pulled up out of that well could keep you uh, from being thirsty for just a little while but the water that I give you you'll never thirst again and that's the Holy Spirit that he was able to give her so remember that when it when it, when you see water and it has to do with cleansing, that's the Word of God. And then water for drinking, that's the Spirit of God. Now, we've got about, we started late. So now I'm going to go to Psalm 1. Now, if you know that Psalm, it's very, very short, so there's no reason to be scared. It's only, what, six verses? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice it says, walketh not. Why are you being so negative? Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doeth he meditate day and night. Now that word meditate has been messed up in modern vocabulary. I mean, the way we think of meditate, when you, when you see that word today, you think of somebody doing yoga. But this, is, this word meditate, if you was to go back and look at the Hebrew, and it would be like a cow chewing the food up, swallowing it, then regurgitating and it's chewing it up a little more, we, we, that's, that's how we're supposed to take, the, we're supposed to eat the word. And not only just eat it, but uh, you know, regurgitate a little bit, chew on a little more, and so we can really digest it good. That's what a cow does. Over, I think they do it multiple times. That's, I, I was told, told that. I didn't look that up to verify, but I was told that by somebody I, I trust from a long time ago, that that's what the word meditate. When we meditate on the Word of God, that's the way we're supposed to do it. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Now, this tree is talking about you when you walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Notice how first they're walking, and then they're just standing, and then they're just sitting down, doing absolutely being lazy. See, see what happens when you, do, when, you, when you walk after bad things? You end up not doing anything. You end up just standing around, and then you end up just sitting down in the way, in the seat of the scornful. So we wanna go the other way. We wanna to get to where we're walking and doing something good for God. We're, we're busy for God. But we also need to think about this tree that it is something that is very significant. It's not gonna be easily just chopped down like grass and it's gonna send roots way down into the earth and be very prominent and stable, not easily moved. And it's right beside a river where there's always water. So if we go through a really bad drought, no worries. Your roots are right there beside the water. That's how we're supposed to be. Being cleansed by the water and being and drinking the water, which is the Spirit. And if you don't see fruit right away, don't be too concerned because it says, That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. So we can all get discouraged when we don't see things happening here at this church as fast as we want it to. But if you believe the Word of God, you live it, you are wanting to be a person that's separated from sinners, you might get criticized from all kinds of different directions for being godly. But if you stand like this tree is there, it is there, deep roots in the Word of God and in the Spirit, then finally you'll see the fruit of it. You will see it When, when the time is right. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. So the ungodly, they are driven by forces other than themselves. The wind just blows the shaft away. The shaft is just the leftovers when you harvest the wheat. All the stuff is no good and it it starts to dry out because it's not connected to the ground anymore. It's not getting any uh, water and it starts to dry out and the wind easily blows it away. That's the ungodly. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. That's not saying that they're not going to stand in front of a judgment. They they won't be at the judgment seat of Christ, but it's not even saying that. It's like they're going to fall down. They, They have nothing to stand on when they are judged. That's what that means. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So let's, uh, let's be separate from sinners, and let's understand where we need to be planted and what we need to stay away from. The Word of God tells us all of those things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and Father, I pray that we would be people who care about others that are in this world, Father, that we wouldn't isolate ourselves from those who need to hear the good news, but Father, that we will go out and we will be amongst those who may not be living a good life, but Father, they need you. Father, we have the answer. We have the gospel story. And Father, we want to share it with those who need to hear it. But Father, as we live in this world, walking around in this body of flesh, and Father, with demons and the devil always wanting to shoot his fiery darts at us, Father, I pray that we would read the Word of God, be cleansed by it, that we would know what not to do and things that we should do, and know that we have a, a, a wonderful God, Father, you, you brought the children of Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt, and Father, we remember that. Father, you sent Jesus to die in our place, and Father, we remember it, the body broken and the blood shed, and Father, we have been given, been given freedom. And Father, I pray that we would use that freedom to do the things that would please you. And Father, I pray that each and every one of us will follow your commandments and your laws and your statutes, not because we're supposed to, but because we love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.